just want to welcome everyone this morning to our next message in our Welcome Home um, series. So one of our goals for this series is for us to help people and everyone to understand that church is not just Sunday. It's not just the building that we meet in, um, which clearly is made apparent today, being that we are all meeting in our individual houses or apartments. But that church is where people can find their home, the place where they belong. So let me pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that we can find our home with you and with your people. Lord, I just pray for this morning that that we will hear your words, that you will challenge us, that you will encourage us, and it will just help us to grow, to become more and more like the people that you've called us to be. In your name, amen. So we've talked about church being a place of welcome, a place where you can find belonging, a place where you can grow. And today I want to talk about how church, the church, can be a, a space, a place where you find safety. So a person's home should be a place of safety, a place where we are sheltered from the harshness of the world, a place where we can find comfort and encouragement, a place where it is safe for us to grow and stretch and change, a place where we find healing and not hurt. That is what the church should be like. It should be a home for the people of God. And it should welcome others into its safety and protection. So I want to show a show you all a picture. It's a an infograph. I don't know what is actually called. Some of you may be very familiar with it. This may be new to some others. It's called Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Um, Maslow was a psychologist in the forties, and he kind of categorized the needs that a human has, and he kind of like. Um, put them in this like pyramid format which you know if you've done anything on mental health usually you'll kind of come across this um, so the point of this is to kind of list what people need the first need that people need to have met is their physiological needs so if we're talking like they need to have food they need to have air water shelter clothing a place to sleep all that kind of stuff these are the physiological needs that need to be met like if those needs aren't met they can't um, feel or experience or it's harder for them to feel and experience the other needs that a human has um, the second need is safety that is how important it is for for us to feel safe um, if someone doesn't feel safe in a place or around a person or around a group, it will be hard for them to form lasting friendships, form real connections and for them to grow. 
If someone doesn't feel safe enough around us to talk to us about their life or to share their to share their um, thoughts, their feelings, or their questions, we won't necess- we won't necessarily know how best to help them or how we can encourage them and and support them in their life. <clears throat> now, if people aren't feeling safe whether it's at their own home, whether it's at their workplace or wherever they, they are, if they don't feel safe, it can often lead to people feeling alone and isolated. Now, I think, I, I can't remember what the stat is, but like nearly a good percentage of Australia right now is in lockdown. <laughs> now we are in lockdown to um, protect for safety, to protect um, people's health and to protect our, our country um, and our fellow countrymen and ourselves from, from COVID and especially this, this, this um, Delta variant. And that is important. But one of the side effects is people can often feel alone. While they're being safe, they also need their... Um, they need to actually feel loved and feel like they belong and actually have friendship and intimacy and connection with one another. But mostly, but once we, um, I say once we, when we, we get out of this current, current period of time that we are living in, a very unique period of time that we are in, um, once we know that our community is safe, we can then continue to grow. And I've, I've chatted with some people and some of you yourselves may, sometimes it feels a little bit like we are stuck, especially us here in Melbourne, lockdown number six, feels like we are kind of like stuck or stalled in just in life. It's like, okay, yes, we're back at home. We're doing the right things. We're doing our exercise every day and we're going to the shop and back, but it can sometimes feel like that our relationships are, are stalling or that we can't always effectively care for, for the people in our life the way we want to. But that's because we are, we are prioritising safety, which is important for us to do right now. But God knew that it was not good for people to be alone. Um, yes, God is an omniscient, and so no one is truly alone because he is always there with us. But he created us to be in community with one another. He, he, knew, it was, um, he knew it was not good for Adam to be alone, so he created Eve. Ecclesiastes um, 4, 7, 12, I think, um, expresses, this really, expresses this quite well which says, I observed yet another example of something meaningless under the sun. This is the case of a man who is all alone without a child or a brother, yet who works hard to gain as much wealth as he can. But then he asks himself, who am I working for? Why am I giving up so, so much pleasure now? It is all so meaningless and depressing. Um, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. 
If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. So to do this, it might be best if I don't know how I'm on your screen whether I am thing. So to do this, I wanted to do an object lesson. Now, this would be more effective if I had a, a volunteer, but as I live alone, it's just me. So trust me that I'm not faking this. So I have this popsicle stick. It's a single popsicle stick. I can very easily snap it, break it. It's useless now. But when popsicle sticks are banded together, like we are in our families, like we are as a church, we come together. It is with all my, my I can bend it slightly, but I cannot break it because there is strength in community. There is safety in us being in relationship and in community with one another. We can do more together as a group. We can um, help one another and support one another better as a group than if we are on our own. I mean, my, my group of Popsicle Sticks fared much better to my pushing all my force on, on it than this one. So that was just my cute little object lesson my kids fought for this morning was it's easy for me to break a Popsicle Stick. <laughs> Go. I'm just going to reshare and get back to where I was. So we can agree that it's important for us to be safe and it's important for the church to be a safe place for people so that people can have community and form relationships, meaningful relationships with one another and also with God. So what does a, church, a safe church look like? So I have some ideas, and these are not the only things, but these are the ones that I feel was important to highlight for today. So a safe church is inclusive. Galatians 3, 26, 28 points out that, for we are all children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ, like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, male and female, for we are all one in Jesus Christ. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs, and God's promise to, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. As a church, we need to be welcoming and inclusive for all people, no matter their political beliefs, no matter their race, no matter their home life. We just need to be including everyone because we are all God's children. And if we are all um, being baptised in Christ, if we've all claimed Christ as our saviour, there is no difference. 
there is no hierarchy um, between us. We are all the same. That doesn't mean we're not all our own unique special butterflies. Because of course we are, because there is strength and creativity and and positives to our differences. Just that we don't need to be intimidated by someone else's difference or um, afraid of it or or humbled by it. We just need to be able to embrace it and include their gifts and their talents and knowing that it will make the church and make us stronger and it will just further enrich our life and our community. So a safe church is inclusive. A safe church also, and it's something that's dear to my heart, it protects children. And when I talk about children, I am, yes, I am talking about our children, our babies, our toddlers, our teens, our, um, our, our young ones, but also our spiritual children. Because when someone first comes to Christ, they are like a babe. They are, they are new. We need to also protect them. Matthew 18, 7 Jesus called a little child to him and put the child among them. Then he said, I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. So anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf is welcoming me. Because if you cause one of these little ones who trust in me into sin, it would be better for you to have a large millstone tied around your neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. What sorrow awaits the world because it tempts people to sin? Temptations are inevitable, but what sorrow awaits the person who does the tempting? We need to be a place, the church needs to be a place where it protects children and spiritual children physically emotionally and spiritually it takes a lot of maturity to learn what that needs and that will be unique in every little every community will will need something different but we need to be aware that our children and when I say our children I'm also talking about our spiritual children are still growing. They still need to be able to have the opportunity to make mistakes. But as Christians, as Christians who may be a little further along in in their relationship with God than than some of our new ones, we need to be able to direct and correct and challenge in a safe way. We, there is a whole thing in our culture um, about about protecting children we have many policies about actually checked it about um safe church safe church is a term it's actually a program that a lot of churches use to actually ensure that they have the correct um policies around providing safe programs for children that will protect them that will protect the church, but also just ensure that um, our programs are a safe space for them to be in. We also need to extend those principles to the wider church. 
it's not just about kids in kids' church or kids at playgroup. Oh, yes, as long as we've got safe policies there, we're good. It needs to be a culture of safety within our church so that people feel like that they can grow, so they know that when they come in our midst that they're not going to be hurt or shamed, they're not going to be taken advantage of. Unfortunately, historically, the church as a whole has not always upheld this principle, have not always protected children. And with that comes we are today, in today's society, we are living and having to answer for those consequences and, and for those actions. And it is right that we are held to account. It is right that that as a church we are up, we are ex, should be expected to have the utmost um, respect and we should be honouring our little ones. And it is right that we have to put these things in place. It is, I often think about um, how it was, even when I was a teenager, going to youth group or kids' church and, and the activities that we did then that we just can't do today. There is no piling everyone in the back of a ute and just just going off tuning down the beach. That is not a safe practice anymore. And it can often be frustrating, especially for those that we had fun times doing that. But in today's world, it is expected that we will look out for one another and that we should be as representatives of Christ. We should care about people's safety. And we should care about the safety, the physical, the emotional and spiritual safety of all of our people. I could do a whole seminar of what it means about protecting children and what that means and protecting others. But for this morning, let's move on to the next point about a safe church speaks the truth in love. It is important that we uphold God's truth and that we, we challenge one another to grow, to change, to be, become more and more Christ-like. But it's got to be done with love. In 1 Corinthians um, 13, 1 to 3, if I could speak all the languages of the earth and of angels but did not love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all the knowledge and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but I didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. I find this challenging in that I like obeying rules. I like knowing that I am within my boundaries and that kind of stuff. And I like other people to be obeying the rules and, and following what I know to be true, what I know to be right. And it saddens me when 
people in my life or people I know don't not they're not doing anything illegal in the community or in the world's in the world's point of view but in God's eyes they're not following or living up to God's standards or God's righteousness and there are some people that I can challenge that in because I've built up a relationship with them and they know that I am speaking to them in love. I'm speaking not because I'm looking down on them or or judging them or saying, you're not doing it right. It's like, no, I want you to live your best life. I want you to be the person God's created you to be. But if I just went around and just told everyone in my life about what I believe they're doing wrong because it doesn't line up with the truth of the Bible. I'm like, that doesn't help anyone. That would be like a clanging cymbal or a noisy gong. And we probably all have people in our life that kind of lecture us or lecture people or or, will spout off about something and you kind of like, it ends up becoming background noise and we kind of start going, yeah, 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 they're always going on about that. I don't need to listen to them because I don't agree with them or whatever. We need to remember that when we speak to our friends and our families, even if we're offering some guidance or um, some counsel, that we are doing it with love. We're doing it because we don't want them to feel, we're not doing it because we don't want, we want them to feel bad or we want them to feel ashamed. But we want them to become and be the person God's created them to be. We need to speak with love in all things. We don't want to be that clanging symbol. And the last point about what a safe church looks like, which kind of wraps up all of the points before, is that a safe church practices forgiveness and grace. And the best verse that I that I can think that embodies this is Ephesians 4:32, which says, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. The church needs to be a place of safety because when it becomes a place of safety, people can then grow, they can stretch, they can can learn, they can take a risk or they can make a admission that they don't know something or they can ask a question because they know that they're not going to be judged for it. They know that they're not going to be looked down because of it. They know that even if they mess up, or make a mistake, that they will find forgiveness, that they will find grace, that they won't be shunned or shamed because of their mistakes. And we need that. We need to always remember that we too need forgiveness and grace because Christ has forgiven us for all our sins, the ones we've already committed and the ones that we're going to commit. He has forgiven us and grace. He doesn't shame us. We are not condemned through Christ. We are sometimes convicted about where we've misstepped, 
And that goes back to our um, previous one about speaking the truth in love. God doesn't condemn us to shame us. He will convict us and highlight for us something that we need to grow in or something we need to improve on. We too, as God's people, need to forgive and show grace and show mercy. When others around us mess up, when people hurt us, when um, when people disappoint us, yes, we can let people know, but we also need to be ready to forgive and to show them grace, just as Christ has forgiven us. So these are just some of my thoughts on what it means to be a safe church or what a safe church looks like. Um, you have some other thoughts or some additional ideas on what that be, on what that looks like. So we're going to go into response time. Um, so during this time, I want to see, like, there's some just questions that I've put up on the screen that will that maybe will help you reflect like what does a safe church look like to you what do you want our church to be how can I or how can you how can we help people to feel safe around us because remembering that we are the church church isn't a building it is us and also I want to encourage us all to spend some time praying that God will help us as a church to be a safe place in our community.